All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. All right. You know what's going to happen tonight. You're going to have to make dinner. And if not tonight, then maybe tomorrow night or later in the week when the holidays hit. And if you think you've exhausted your beans, pasta, and rice repertoire, my next guest is here to save you from culinary boredom. Ethan Frisch is co-founder of a spice company called Burlap and Barrel. It's a single-origin spice company whose goal is to support small farmers and skilled workers around the world. They buy directly from them, eliminating the brokers and middlemen. Now, Ethan is a chef and an activist, as well as a spice master, and he joins me now to talk about how to spice things up, and also so we can learn a little bit about our spices as well. Ethan, welcome to all of it. Allison, thanks for having me. So let's start by telling us a little bit about your your business. Um, On your website, it says, we're working towards ending inequality and exploitation in food systems that disenfranchise skilled farmers. How does that apply to our spices? Yeah, I think uh, most people probably don't realize that their spices are agricultural products. They come from farms. They're grown by farmers. And uh, the revolution that we've seen happen in coffee and cacao and, and even, you know, getting vegetables at the farmer's market, that has not extended to spices before. And so farmers are, are selling products at very low prices to local brokers, traders, you know, someone with a truck drive, some, a truck driver who will pull up to the farm and uh, buy whatever they've got. And that person sells it on to the next person to the next person. So by the time it gets to us here, uh, it's potentially two or three years old. We don't know where it came from. And the farmer who grew it uh, is making pennies on the dollar of the final value of the of the product that they grew. So how did you get into this business? How did you decide on your business model and dive right into this this system that you wanted to disrupt? I had been a chef here in New York uh, and then left kitchens to go to grad school to become an aid worker. So I lived in Afghanistan for a few years working for a big nonprofit. I worked for Doctors Without Borders in the Middle East. Uh, but I, I obviously I, I love to cook and, and I kept cooking and I started bringing ingredients back and sharing them with friends in the restaurant industry. And in particular, this wild cumin that grows in the mountains in northeastern Afghanistan, that was kind of the first Mm-hmm. Spice where I had a I had a uh, a breakthrough moment. I smelled it and I said I've never smelled or tasted anything like this before. And so I started smuggling it home in duffel bags, and one thing <laughs> led to another, and uh, eventually we figured out how to turn it into a real business. But um, we've been able to build connections with partner farmers now in a dozen different countries, setting farmers up to export their own crops, which really has not happened before in the history of the spice trade, which is a, a very long history. Mm-hmm. And it means we get really interesting spices because we have those relationships. It's so interesting you talked about your breakthrough, your sort of spice epiphany. Uh, yeah. what, what do you want people to know about, you know, what spices can do for cooking? Because I think, you know, we kind of get down to our basics, like the five that we have on our spice rack that we use over and over again. Yeah, I mean, things like cinnamon or black pepper, which people know and love and use almost every day. Cinnamon is, is tree bark. It's the mm-hmm. bark of a, several different species of trees that grow from Vietnam to Indonesia to Sri Lanka to Zanzibar. 
uh, different species are going to taste different, the way that it's grown, the way that it's harvested, that's all going to have an impact on flavor in the same way that, you know, different wine grape varietals are going to taste a little different or different origins for coffee. Um, black pepper is a, a, it looks like a grape. It grows on a climbing vine in little bunches. It's a berry. Um, and again, uh, origin, variety, processing, all of those things are going to make a difference in flavor. And, and uh, spices don't have to be this intimidating thing. It doesn't have to be associated with a specific cuisine. If you like the flavor of cardamom, why not mix it into dishes that you wouldn't otherwise think to put cardamom in? I love, I love cardamom in a tomato sauce for pasta. It's, it's, um, they're, spices are very versatile, and they give you a whole new set of tools to work with when you're cooking. My guest is Ethan Frisch, co-founder of Burlap and Barrel. We're talking about the spice trade and how he's trying to help farmers as well as help you in your kitchen to have a spice epiphany, perhaps like he did. So I want to go back to black pepper because that's just the basic. Every recipe, salt and pepper, salt and pepper, salt and pepper. Um, When you think about using a really fresh, good pepper, uh, what will be the difference in, in the resulting dish? Is it brighter? Is it, what, what is it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, just the intensity of flavor, where if you're using like a pre-ground black pepper that you got at the supermarket, you're going to need a lot more to, to really taste it. Uh, whereas if you're using something high quality, something fresh, something that was grown by a, a farmer who's really good at what they do, uh, it'll just, it'll pop out of the dish. You will, you'll taste it. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of different flavor profiles. The, we get a, a black pepper from Zanzibar, which has a real kind of a lemon flavor and aroma. It's very citrusy. It's very spicy. And a lot of that has to do with the environment where it's grown. Um, we have a vine-ripened black pepper. Since most black pepper is picked underripe, we have a, one that's fully ripened on the vine from Vietnam that almost smells like strawberries and balsamic vinegar. It's very sweet. Uh, because it's a, a, a fully ripe fruit. Um, so just kind of considering some of those elements of the different the, the different flavors that you get from different black peppers, but also being able to taste the spice that you're adding to your food. You mentioned cinnamon, another common spice that people have. Um, how can cinnamon be uncommon? What's an uncommon cinnamon that we might want to know about? Yeah, there's, you know, there, there's this idea that, that all cinnamon is the same, but we know that, you know, if you go to the supermarket and you pick up an apple, it's going to taste uh, different, maybe worse than an apple that you get from the farmer's market or, or from a local orchard. Uh, and the same is definitely true for cinnamon. So if you're buying commodity cinnamon at the supermarket, it's going to be muted. It's not going to be that interesting. Uh, we have two really interesting cinnamons, as well as the leaves of the cinnamon tree, which are a byproduct of the cinnamon harvest but can be used like a bay leaf. Um, but we have a royal cinnamon from Vietnam, which is an heirloom variety of a Vietnamese cinnamon. Super sweet, super spicy. It almost tastes like it has sugar added to it. It's that intense. And that's both because it's, it's an heirloom variety, but also because it comes from the oldest part of the, of the tree itself, from the base of the trunk, where the bark has, has concentrated its oils over the course of 20 years. These are really tall, really old trees. The bark itself will be, you know, a quarter of an inch thick, really dense, and you mm-hmm. cut it off the tree and you're just sort of surrounded by this incredible aroma. We uh, was in Vietnam uh, a little over a year ago and standing in a woman's driveway in, in the mountains, tasted this cinnamon for the first time and said, this is it. We, we bought a ton <laughs> of it, literally, literally one ton of it on the spot. Uh, <laughs> and now we have it on our website. My guest is Ethan Frisch, co-founder of Burlap and Barrel. All right, so this is a bit, turmeric has been around for a thousand years, thousands of years, actually. It's a staple in Asian and African cultures. But a few years ago, turmeric was having its moment. 
What happened? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't really know what happened. I think uh, people here in in the U.S. and and sort of in the modern with a modern sensibility are looking for more traditional remedies to to problems that people have had all throughout history. And turmeric has has been a both of an ingredient in food, but also medicinal uh, a medicinal plant uh, for a very long time, like you mentioned. Um, and it's been used in very particular ways, mostly in India and throughout South Asia, but in other parts of the world as well. Um, the problem is that, that generally the turmeric that you buy in the supermarket is not is not of a high enough grade. It's not most likely not going to do a whole lot medicinally for you. It's old. It's been sitting around a long time. Uh, turmeric, because you know, because of the way that the spice trade is set up, farmers are really incentivized to grow for quantity rather than for quality. Hmm. So it's all about yields. Farmers make money based on how much they grow, not how good it is. So. Uh, that's how farmers grow, and they use pesticides and herbicides and chemical fertilizers and all of those, especially when you're looking for a medicinal ingredient, uh, all of those will, will have an impact on the medicinal benefits of, of the, the crop that they're growing. So uh, we, I, we actually, I was just in India about three weeks ago. We had to cut the trip short uh, because of coronavirus-related restrictions on travel, uh, but we got, we were visiting our partner turmeric farmer who's about five hours south of Bombay, uh, this beautiful um, organic farm in an area where nobody grows organically, and he's been doing it for 15-odd years. All Mm. of his neighbors have thought he was crazy forever. And then we show up on the farm, and he parades us around the village and tells everybody that we're there. And this, it, it was such a moment of uh, a validation for him that this, this philosophy, this uh, emphasis on quality that he's had for a long time that everybody has laughed at was finally, you know, he, it was finally uh, coming home for him. He was able to, to, to make a point about how important all of that was. While I have you, I want to talk about the holidays briefly so maybe some ways because a lot of people are cooking a lot more and you can maybe think about things a little differently for passover a lot of families serve brisket what do you suggest so i have a couple of things that i do with my brisket i'm jewish i'm going to be i don't know if i'm making a brisket but i'm going to make something um similar and and i there are two ways that i add spices to a brisket one is at the beginning of the cooking process when you're adding aromatics like onions or garlic I add cumin, I add coriander, I add a little cinnamon. I love cinnamon in braised meat dishes. It, it mm. sort of fades into the background a little bit, but it gives you this incredible complexity. Uh, maybe you won't be able to pinpoint that the flavor is cinnamon, but but you'll know something is, is going on. Something's really interesting. So adding those into the oil with the garlic and onions, letting them bloom, and then as you add the meat and other ingredients, it all sort of comes together. And then adding some other ingredients later in the cooking process. Um, whether that's a bay leaf or a cinnamon tree leaf. Um, I really love star anise in brisket or in any kind of braised meat. Again, like the cinnamon, it adds this sort of this quality that you can't quite put your finger on, but it's so, so good. Well, how about for Easter? Lamb is traditional for Easter. What would you add to the family recipe? So we have an ingredient uh, called black lime. It's a traditional Persian and Iraqi ingredient. We get it from our partner farmer in Guatemala who also grows our cardamom. Um, it's a it's a sun it's a regular old green lime that's been sun dried until it turns black and then we grind it into a powder. So it's a it's sort of a, a pure lime flavor, but because of the drying process, it develops this almost like a roasted mineral savory element. Um, and it's great on meat. It's great especially on a gamey meat like lamb. 
or you want a little bit of acidity that to, to sort of cut through the richness of the meat. Um, so I do a spice blend. I did this on my turkey for Thanksgiving last year hmm. uh, with black pepper, coriander, black lime, maybe a little cinnamon, a little cumin. Uh, grind it all together with some olive oil and turn it into almost like a paste that you can rub onto a leg of lamb or a rack of lamb and roast it. Very interesting. My guest is Ian Frisch, co-founder of the spice company Burlap and Barrel. What about spring vegetables? What can we do to make our spring vegetables pop? Yeah, spring veggies are the easiest thing to use spices on because uh, it's so simple. If you take whatever your favorite spice is, plus a little olive oil or some melted butter, toss whatever the veggie is, whether it's asparagus, whether it's uh, radishes or turnips, um, even uh, fingerling potatoes or spring potatoes, toss those with olive oil or butter and your favorite spice and roast them with some salt, and you're good to go. It's so easy, and picking, a, picking an interesting spice is just going to elevate the whole dish in a way that you maybe didn't expect it to. That's my, my question is, do you want to pick a spice with spring vegetables to complement or to elevate the taste? Uh, I would, if you're going to do something kind of something green like asparagus, I would do a, a strong spice that's going to stand up to the stronger flavor of the vegetable. Um, so if you're going to do asparagus, I would do something like cumin or a chili. Uh, if you're doing potatoes or something with a milder flavor, even roasted carrots, I would pick something a little sweeter, a little softer, uh, like the black lime that I mentioned, or sumac is great with carrots, um, or a, you know even a turmeric or a, a ginger with with potatoes can really uh, can really bring out some of the the richer earthier flavors. And before I let you go, I know you were close with the great New York chef Floyd Cardozo, owner of Tabla, who yeah. died of coronavirus. Of course, condolences to you and everyone who knew and loved him. Could, we don't have a lot of time, but could you give me five adjectives to describe him? Oh yeah, I mean he was he was uh, he, stubborn, brilliant, visionary. Uh, he he was just such a an outsized figure. He I, I felt like he yeah. never got the respect that he that he earned and deserved mm-hmm. outside of the industry, especially. But but he was such an incredible teacher, and I, I was, it was such an honor to to have known him and worked for him. Ethan Frisch is the co-founder of Burlap and Barrel, a very interesting spice company. Ethan, thanks for being with us on All of It. Thanks for having me. All of It is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it.